The life of the actor, it never ends. That's why you listen to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace and friends. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. The best is Missy was worried about the pop, having the pop screen, but she's eating nuts. Like, so it's like, <laughs> uh-huh. I can hear you eating nuts. Right. So how does it, right. Okay. Eric, our editor is going to like that. Don't do that. Well, you can make a lot of money. Isn't that, the, what are they Well, no, it's that? not that the editor won't like that. My husband, Eric, who edits him. It's that it's universally known that people don't like hearing food sounds. But fuck those people. Those people are not right for this. The two people that will be listening to this podcast right. are not going to be those people. And it will be us. We're going to re-listen to what we said. I like hearing little things like that. Well, It reminds me that. Isn't that a whole industry? Like, if you talk like this. Chewing sounds? Yeah, all that. It it has a term. ADSMR? Yeah. NFT? Well, no, that's a different thing. That's... Well, that's like you being, like, quiet and stuff. That's like, hey, what's going... Welcome, everybody, to the... And you're just ASMR. talking ASMR. Right, but that's not a thing where that people chew oh, nuts you don't know into that? it. You don't know. How do you think, why do you think you know everything about There's everything, There's got Chris? to be some weird fetish where people like to hear hey, chewing. look, I caught up on my TikTok drama this morning between Chelsea Hart and uh, Lance the Modern Warrior. That's TikTok no drama. I have no idea right what now. those names are, including the word TikTok. I don't, I can't do with TikTok. I'm too old. I read up on the Kanye, Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson drama today. Oh, okay. let's, uh, let's hear it. I okay. don't know anything about that. Oh, you don't know about this? I know that when you leave someone as stable as Kanye, you go straight to right. Pete Davidson. Right, that's what I'm like. Yeah. Pete Davidson, like I don't think you would have ever predicted five years ago that Pete Davidson would be dating Kim Kardashian in a fight, public fight with Kanye West and also going to space. You're right. That's right. He's going to space. He must make a lot of money on Saturday Night Live. That's I think he's probably going for free. Oh, he's going for free. Okay. Publicity stunt. He, he's, I think in this, in his generation of comedians, he's like the cool one that everyone wants to hang out with or something. He seems to like be part of so many things. Yeah. I mean, he's the most unstable, the second most unstable human on the planet. Well, behind but my, my thing is, it's former like, President Trump. Who but. is he to judge Kanye? And I'm like, you know, it's like saying he. Well, he was like, grow up, bro, or whatever. And it's like you're telling someone to grow up. That is shocking to me. Well, maybe maybe this relationship with Kim has brought him the stability. Oh, that he has sure. Lacked. I'm guessing a relationship with Kim Kardashian brings you stability. I'm. Th- that's wow. the most wow yeah stable relationship. I hope Kim Kardashian is not listening to this. Cause I she's hope gonna she be is super pissed because she'll come on and take us on. Oh, that's true. Let's you get guys her can on. get lots of listeners. I almost said viewers, but listeners. Yeah, maybe yes. we'll get some viewers. Can you see Brooke? I can see Brooke. Do you want to introduce our guest? Um, this- our guest is. <laughs> she doesn't. She. If you go to IMDb right now mm-hmm. and you look up. The Wayne Brady Variety Show from 2001. One. When did we meet? Yes, 2001. You will see Wayne Brady, mm-hmm. Missy Pyle, mm-hmm. J.P. Manu, mm-hmm. Jonathan Mangum, Mangum and, and someone whose name rhymes with Wook Willman. Wook Willman. Oh, I just did a, uh, a improv show with Jonathan Mangum. Oh, he's a genius. He's a genius. He's a genius. Really uh, we were. We had to do. Did we? Did you ever do improv on? 
Yes, the Wayne but, Brady show. but Wayne Brady would just hit me on the head and kill me at the beginning of it. He would just knock me out. He'd be like, sleep, sleep go to sleep. It, yeah, because he didn't. Wow. Is, was that an expression of him not liking the improv moves? Well, I can't. I like to improvise as a character, but those games, I can't do it. I yes. have no, I, Cindy Brady, totally. I just blank out. And so he would just hit me and I'd fall to the ground. And thankfully, it was like the greatest thing of my life is to be taken out of the improv scene. So let me throw some uh, uh, guest appearances from people on this mm -hmm. show, on the, the Wayne Brady show that I didn't know that Missy had ever worked with that I assume you've Well, worked. again, I should let you know that after six episodes, it was my second um, time to be let go from a project. <laughs> I was let go gently by... At the, uh, who was the producer that called me? Don Misher. No, the other one. Oh, I thought Don. No, Misher Don Misher was the director. Bernie Brillstein. Bernie Brillstein. Listen, Brilstein. darling, you were the last to come on. Uh, you're the first to go. Sorry, we don't have room for you on the show. Uh, wow. Yeah, I had that go. All right. So uh, this show had guests uh, such as Daryl Hammond. Daryl oh, Hammond yeah. was on. Daryl Hammond. I was there for Daryl. Was I? I don't remember. Brian McKnight. By the way, you have have you said our guest name? Not yet. Not yet. Not what, yet. What? What? I said it rhymes Millman. with Wook Wilman. Wook Wilman. That's right. Wook okay. Wilman. Yeah. You, you don't ever say it, I think. We'll is... never say it. Okay. Well, also, it'll be in the title of the show. <laughs> to never his say it. We're going to try to convince Chris yeah. by the end of this recording to not put it in the title of the show. Well, it's kind of like you can't say Macbeth in a theater or whatever. That's true. Like if you say my name on a podcast, it immediately, there's bad Even luck if to the podcast. we don't have, like, even if we're not dependent on viewership, I mean, listenership or sponsorship, it will still be impossible for us to do the program if we say Wook Wilman's real right, name yeah, right. on the podcast. Right. Especially if you say it three times, turning around and looking into a mirror. You turn into stone and you get raped by a... Oh, God. That's the problem. Large Anytime anaconda. someone says my name, someone gets raped. That's the problem. Uh, Justin Timberlake was a guest. He on the was. Wayne Brady show? He was. I remember that. I remember that. I was not there I for think that. Brittany was in the dressing room. I, wow. I think. Now you're just, what an asshole. Okay. No, I'm just bragging um, A trio of American Idol judges, Paula Abdul, Simon Cowell, Randy Jackson. They were all on the show. Are you, well, listen. That's what it says. Here's the other thing. He had another show, too. Oh, he had two shows. Yeah. He had well, no, a. This was the variety show that only lasted twelve episodes or eighteen. Two thousand one to two thousand three, fifteen episodes. But that's it. Shia Shia LaBeouf. What was on the show? Maybe IMDb's lying. Tyne Daly. <laughs> I did a pilot with Tyne Daly. Sharon Glass was, but not Tyne Daly. Is that true? No, I'm just. I don't. I don't Chris, remember go any back of this. To, there were two Wayne Brady shows. He but, also uh, yes, but Justin Timberlake was on. Look who's gonna. Jump oh, Loser Vandross uh, was on. Look too. Who might jump on. Tara, Tara Lipinski. Oh my God, I'd give anything Here, to meet Tara Lipinski. No, we've got the chinchilla running around. Oh, move that over, and the chinchilla might jump on you. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this is a little bit of a window into the home life of one former Missy Pyle. former Galaxy Quest actress. It's basically Grey Gardens, you know, but with chinchillas <laughs> and dogs. Yeah. And I remember we had on. Um, Tim Conway was on the show. Oh my God, Tim! I remember. Oh, I think I saw this. <gasps> oh, really? Did he redo? Did he revive a door or oh, something? Hilarious. hilarious! I think I watched this. I think I watched this because you were on it at the I time. I appreciate oh, that, God. Chris. Brooke and I also have shared a project. Yes. We were both in the show Superstore. Oh, so yes. fun! I, had I like this. We need to have a connection. My favorite thing just, that I ever saw 
Chris Grace do mm-hmm. was actually on stage. They did mm-hmm. a parody of. Um, this is a great story. I know. Oh, fi- sorry. Let me, <laughs> Fifty let Shades. Me start this over. Okay. My favorite thing I ever saw Chris oh, do. So they're going to edit that out. Will you shut up, please? <laughs> Don't edit that out and see how mean she is to me. She's cruel. Shut down, go up, prices do. So take my advice and shut up too. Did you say that when you were little? No, what does mm-hmm. it say it again? Shut down, go up, prices do. So take your advice, take my advice and shut up too. <laughs> do you remember that, Chris? What? Say it one more time? Shut down. Oh, this is the worst. No, Let's say cut it again. this whole segment. No, I love shut it. don't go up, prices do. So take my advice and shut up too. Oh, I got to learn that one. That's, That's from sixth grade. Shut don't go up, prices do. Take my advice. It's like, I don't make trash, I burn it. Mm-hmm. Missy's from a real podunk part of Houston, Texas, not where I'm from. Yeah, Chris was from a real, real, real classy part of Houston. Classy. Well, I'm from NASA, Houston. My lineage is from NASA. I'm Chris Grace. We had na- we had uh, astronauts in our subdivision. You had oh, they all lived. Uh, I mean, like I went to school with astronauts' children. Wow, what were they like? Were they like, I'm too fancy for everybody because my no. They're just regular folks. They're because you know why? Because they're all just like, at the time they they were all just like engineers and stuff. So they weren't they weren't going into space. No, they're engineers, but they were going because they're scientists that were like, I'm a physicist. I'm going on the shuttle so I can do experiments. Okay. Up there. Now we send Pete Davidson up there. <laughs> but he's not going in like a shuttle, is he? Isn't he going on in like the that's that's private. It's not. But isn't it just like what William Shatner did, where they just went up, got weightless, and then came down? Yeah, they're. I think they're going like right to the edge of space. And it's I want to see Pete Davidson on in a space station for like six months by himself. I want to watch yeah. that documentary. Having the feud with Kanye from yes, space. Yes, from space, weightless in space. Yeah, I want to mm. see Kim and Pete in a um, in a space station. I'd I feel love like to see them in a space station that. for. 50 years leave them in the space station please uh i do i do kind of think that uh I, i'd say missy's probably the most famous out of the three of us i mean oh if it's God, a competition it now you're just, i really don't i don't mean why? to be i don't mean to say <laughs> i mean if i am i mean if we just go by dp ranking well this is a good exa- a good just example of what the, qu- the question her- i was going to ask which is does being famous make you crazy which she's demonstrating for us yes, right now she is. Oh, yes is, is my it- chinchilla on your lap <laughs> <laughs> this chinchilla oh, came just- from an andean rainforest literally the yeah the only person that brings a chinchilla to a podcast listen i didn't want for chris you I- she brought a chinchilla and she brought nuts she brought nuts a chinchilla a and Coke a very zero. unstable table. The table that's going to flip over. Chris, I didn't get to say that my favorite performance mm. was of you playing Dorian Gray. Was that the character's name? Christian Gray. He played Christian Gray from Fifty Shades of Gray. Oh and he's set up so beautifully. And then he comes out. And you were like in like a wrestler suit or oh something. God, it was hilarious. maybe yes. the funniest thing. That sounds hilarious. It's not just my favorite thing Chris did. It's one of my favorite live performances ever. Um, and I'm sorry that your IMDb meter is not as high as mine because you are <laughs> infinitely more talented. Well, we're, we're not denying that. We're just saying you're more famous. Fame does not equate talent. Well, that's what my question is. Like, I almost think it's almost impossible for any normal human being to like just not become a crazy person. How, how can you even sustain being a normal person? I think it has to do with the age you became famous, too. 
Mm. I think if you become famous later in life, you can you can keep it together. But if you're famous at like you start at age four or you know, I did commercials when I was two, and then I got on a Disney show, and then I went straight. You know, I think that there's going to be trouble. Yeah, the crazy's going to fly. I think that Chris is probably right. I mean, I think it also depends on the level of fame. I don't have a level of fame that is, unfortunately... Um, right, everyone thinks you're Elaine Hendricks. Yeah, Elaine Hendricks, or I loved you in The Parent Trap. Right, like, I'm really right, not... Yeah. People don't know my name. I'm not being offered... I'm still, you know, auditioning pretty hardcore, trying to get it even in for, especially I'm also almost 50, so it's slightly different. You're just downplaying it. You, That's people know true. your name. You have a drag queen named after you, Pissy Miles. The story, yes, that is high praise. Yes, the story I mean, you is, are a famous person if you if a drag queen is has. I think that that the, 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 they went through a list. He was saying that his partner and he were going through a list of names, and they came up. They went through many, 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 many people's names, and then they were like, "Pissy Miles is incredible." Yeah, and I can say that as Missy Pile of shit, Missy Pile of you know, I mean, I got a lot of nicknames when I was little. It's a pretty good name yeah, for Missy Pile of shit. Yeah, Pissy Miles Pissy is a Miles. pretty great name. Why don't you change your name to Pissy Miles? I should do that. That would piss Pissy off, uh-huh. and only to pissy piss off would Pissy. Be <laughs> piss off Pissy by changing your name, and you're just famous enough, so that means you're just crazy enough to do it. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine who had just seen the new Jackass movie speaking of fame and mm-hmm. um, for me like I do have a, a level of like I, I do get offers for things sometimes which is really cool like I was just offered a um, Netflix I don't know if people know this or not but they have two different um, movie vis- divisions one and, and I think they one is the like two, I think it's like 2.5 million and under or 3 million and under oh, movies. Oh, okay, it has to do with the budget. And then the others are like the more highbrow movies that they make that are going to hopefully be more Oscar contenders or big, big, big celebrity driven movies. Um, but I was just offered a Rachel Lee Cook vehicle that she's producing and starring in. And I like Rachel a lot. She's a really nice girl. I did Didn't a movie you with work her. with her? Yeah. Yeah, I did a movie with her called Josie and the Pussycats, oh, which is kind of great. Do the voice. Do the Josie. Uh, oh, my God. I, you know, what would I, she talk like this? Yes. And she had a lisp and she was such an asshole. Um, I played um, Alexandra Cabot from the. I guess it's like Riverdale now, that old uh, Josie, all those characters. Oh, wait, does that overlap? So, yeah, you could be in uh, one of these new modern Archie yeah, things, right? you could be in Riverdale. Well, there, is, there already is an Alexandra Cabot and uh, Alexander and Alexandra. They're twins. They're, they are in, oh. I think, I don't, I don't remember. I did a movie. But you with, could replace whoever that actor That's is. a good idea. Just, I mean, I think they're like 29 or something. But if I could just go back to my thing, I, yes, the Rachel Lee Cook thing. We need to hear more. I was offered a two-day role on a Netflix, like, low-budget, but it shoots in Vietnam. And so um, I'm going to be going to Vietnam. So great. Which is pretty cool, in May. and um, It's supposed to be amazing. I don't know. I've never been. But that that's one of those things I will say, like, I was very excited about. That's the one area of, like, just being able to get, go somewhere for free. Mm-hmm. And then we might be able to get a couple more tickets. Mm-hmm. Like that's I don't remember why I was telling that story. No. Well, you were saying that you're at the level of fame where, or yes, but then I also am trying to get in right now for a Tim Robinson pilot just to audition, and I st- I've been waiting for like two three weeks just for 
the go ahead that I can actually audition for it. That's so, insane. That's insane. It's like you know. I kind of don't understand um, why people even audition people at a certain point. Like, I understand if they want to just meet with you to see if they vibe with you or whatever. But I feel like at a certain level, you have enough work on tape already for people to to on know file. what they're getting. Surely, okay. I have a friend who. Um, was producing a shark movie and there was an, an actress from back in the day that that was a big celebrity and like they they got her it was kind of like they wanted a name so they got her but she had they had no one had seen her in a few years and she showed up looking extremely different i think they just it was a totally different human and that person was angie dickinson pepper we call her Pepper, Officer Pepper. I don't even remember who Angie Dickinson is. Oh, she was Pepper on the on a policewoman. <laughs> I don't think anyone okay, in this audience older. has I'm seen a, lot older than you a policewoman. She was the, the hottest thing going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like cool. Uh, she was like a Linda Hamilton before Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Yeah. She was pretty, I feel like we might be running people. If anyone who's under the age of thirty or thirty-five or forty, frankly. <laughs> Might not know any of our references. But they won't Anyone be listening under the to this podcast at all. <laughs> 93 notes. Yeah. I'm not sure that there will be anyone, but they maybe. won't they won't download this at all, except there will be like there'll be a chunk of teenagers who download this because of I'm on TikTok. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you have a big presence on TikTok? Do you have a big presence? I have I have an okay presence. I have 120,000 followers. Wow. That's huge. That's huge. But I have not really done stuff lately. But that's mostly because during pandemic, people like watch Superstore and they're like, oh, it's the guy from Superstore. Ah. I um have, I don't, I don't mean to brag, um, almost 400 followers on Instagram. Hey. You should be doing your stuff on TikTok, right? I mean, isn't that where everyone's watching anyway? I don't know. I, I started to put them on TikTok and then I didn't. I stopped. Uh, so since I, I actually don't know who's going to listen to this podcast, but I, 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 my thought originally was like sometimes maybe uh, people who want to know about acting or the. This, so I want to give a little thoughts about TikTok, which is two years ago, I would have wholeheartedly recommended getting on TikTok because it was really fun. All the videos were super fun and because it, it came originally from an app that was just lip syncing. That's all it was. So there was a lot of funny videos. They were all there's a lot of dance videos. There were a lot of like, oh, you did a comic thing. I'm going to remix it and put my own spin on it kind of stuff. And I literally would tell people like a year ago or two years ago, like TikTok is so fun. Like it's not like the other social media things because there's no real drama on it. And people don't really like it's not very political. Mm. Now it's almost all that it's like i made a couple of tiktoks that were like anti-trump or whatever and because there were so many people arguing about them in the comments they got boosted and so those those videos did very well but i'm like i don't really want to make videos like this so it's incentivizing you to make these videos where people like get mad at each other right yeah so it's not as fun as it used to be, put it that way. Oh, I, th- I didn't know TikTok was political. I thought it was just people doing lip uh, dances to videos. And that thing where you're like, look at me, I look like shit. And then you put your hand in front of the camera and then, oh my God, now I'm a... Yes, those are, all, those are the fun ones. The little transformations and... Uh, but th- no, there's a lot of political TikTok, which is really depressing. I have to be honest. I find social media in general, like I, I don't even go on Instagram. I go on Instagram about once a week. 
Uh-huh. Um, and I, every time I go on, I feel depressed. So I just, I don't do it anymore. Now, why do you feel depressed by Instagram? Because Instagram, I, I haven't perceived Instagram. I don't use it very much. That doesn't seem super political to me. It's not even the politics of it. It'll be a lot of it is like, oh, this person's doing this job or this is happening or someone's life is just better than mine or someone. Oh, these people are doing these things that I'm not doing. I, I get a little FOMO or I get a little. Um, well, maybe, know, you know, sad, you know maybe. how they say the, de- the the biggest trick, uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pull- pulled off was convincing people he didn't exist or something. But maybe yeah. the greatest trick the devil pulled off was. Uh, convincing people that they should be happy for other people's success. Because, <laughs> like, Instagram is like, like clearly people are not that happy when other people are doing well. Yeah, well, and especially when you, an actor. And it's not right. that you're not happy. It's just you're like, you realize, oh, I'm my career's in the toilet. For me, though, honestly, it isn't always about that. It's like relationship stuff. Like, I couldn't love this person more. Oh, my, we're having the best. Look, we're over in Vietnam. We got a part on a moon. I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, look, we're, we're like, doing two days in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like, or just like, we're so happy. Or like, you know, we had our fifth kid. And, and then, or like, we're all running around and painting each other. And like, we're flying in a rainbow. And this unicorn just popped out of my butthole. And I'm so yeah. happy. Like, I think some of that, or like these two friends got together and it's like oh I didn't wasn't in, they haven't, yeah, haven't reached yeah. out to me oh or, that, that actually uh, that is that that can be a disappointing thing when let's say you have a circle of friends that's like eight people and six of them uh, go do something and right, they post yeah. about it on Instagram and you're like oh what <laughs> like <laughs> right I, think I don't know I just think it's a little a little strange and and then it gets really political and then it's like if you're silent about this issue that's the other part then you're part of the problem yeah and a lot of times i don't know what to say about something and i don't know that my voice is the right voice or i'm it so to me i kind of am a little bit like well i don't you know it's like you you must be an activist and i i get that and i do think that there's some truth to it but it's also like i don't know what i'm I, i i will sometimes post something that i don't know enough about well, the thing that drives me nuts is it will be the stories things and it will the one post will be, you know, hey, everybody, you know, people are blowing up in Ukraine and this and that, you know, and you've got to do this and that. And then the very next box is I had a taco. Look at my, ta-, you know, and you're like, could we not do tacos today? If you're going to do this major serious subject could the next box not be you oh know? you're talking about the person who yes who's posted posting the... it it's like mm-hmm. that's what it's like it's like are we going to be serious or are we going to talk about you know you're getting whiplash from the uh change of yes. topics well yeah and it just is like it, it diminishes what you just said my i think my one of my things is sort of sort of similar to what missy was just saying which is that um I don't really know that much about all these topics. So like Ukraine comes up and, uh, you know, it seems like we're basically on board with like uh, being pro Ukraine, but I'm not really like an international uh, political expert. Um, So like this will come out in a few weeks or months or whatever. And so I'll just make a, not a prediction, but like, I just, I won't be surprised if we are in support of, Ukraine very much and then like six months from now they're like oh yeah by the way uh President Zelensky is also like wants to get rid of gay marriages or something <laughs> like where you're just oh, like I see what you mean yeah I'm, oh cool this is one that I think you can be pretty 
safe. I'm going to say 99.9999999999% that uh, Russia is in the wrong. <laughs> I know. I no, no, Russia's not that they're not in the wrong. Russia's definitely in the right, wrong. Yeah. But like, oh, but the, yeah, that he's not the hero that, are, yeah, but. I remember there was a movie called Beyond Rangoon, I think, with Bridget Fonda that was about Burma. And it was a, it was a American woman in Burma during like these revolutions or stuff. And it was all about how this great woman leader named Aung San Suu Kyi, who was the leader of Burma or Myanmar, and I, I think that she won, like, a Nobel Peace Prize at some point. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, literally last year was arrested for, like, war crimes and corruption yep. Yep. and stuff. <laughs> it's like, I it mean, is, right. I don't it's, know that much about Burma. Like, she seemed cool right. at the time. Right. Well, that was a really, like, crazy flip that people shocked by. Yeah. But, yeah, that she just completely went the opposite direction so like i wouldn't know really what to say about that on instagram i guess i feel comfortable talking about it on a podcast <laughs> but my, my my main uh thing i would say about it on a podcast is like i don't really know enough about these things <laughs> right well that's my thing it's like leave it to the experts the one thing i will say that i stand by i think the greatest thing that ever that like twitter because twitter was really the one who did this first mm-hmm. right that Twitter did or that, that social media has done is given everyone a voice. It's given The greatest thing is giving everyone a voice and the worst thing is right. giving everyone a voice. Yeah, There's way too many people who are absolutely unqualified. There's a lot of misinformation. There's people forwarding things they don't know anything about. And, and people, and I also feel like we have to remember that we're, no matter what news outlet you listen to, you're not getting the full story. You're never going to get the full story. We can't tell. There's classified shit that we will never know. And then also what you just said, like people are humans are fucking flawed. And the greatest person we know might do something fucking terrible. And what's terrible to one person is one man's terrorist is another woman's freedom fighter (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) i remember that was a line from the one from one of the first um indiana jones movies the first one was one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter that was the guy who had the monkey that then ate the thing that was poisoned and died is this the woman who swallowed a fly and you don't know why oh fuck you (laughs) all right uh brooke i want to ask you this from what I could tell from what Missy talked about and also what I read about you, it seems like you kind of came to L.A. and did the Wayne Brady show, like, or early on. Yes, immediately. She came yeah. here, immediately got... Uh, no. How did, t- Tell Chris how you got your, your first agent or manager. Oh, that's right. Um, okay, a friend of mine was having a, a birthday party. His boyfriend was like, let's make a video for him. And I'm like, oh, let's do it like, uh, let's... I'll play Julia Child and we'll bake a cake for him. And so I, you know, popped on a wig and you know, the whole, the, the, you know, that whole thing. And um, <clears throat> we played the video at the birthday party and there was an agent there and he was like, that was funny. And, you know, hip pocketed me, what they called it. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, I, so for that means that the agent is kind of like, I'm going to work with you. I'm not signing you. Right, right. It just means they're like freelance working with you. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he was like, um, "I'm gonna uh, send you out for Wayne Brady this sketch show." And was I, it your first audition he sent you out for? 
I don't remember. I probably I don't. But I you. But before that, I mean, I had a commercial agent. I got it. I got out here, and uh, the same friend that I had the birthday party hooked me up with this commercial agent, and then I just happened to start getting commercials. But I had no SAG card. I had no. I was literally thirty years old. I I was in Chicago. I could not get anything going. I couldn't get into Second City. I couldn't get commercials. I couldn't get anything going. And so I just, then came out here. It was all luck. It's all just because I, my friend hooked me up. And that's my whole... Brooke is my yeah. favorite person to talk to because she's always like, the, I'm, I have no career. I I've don't. never done anything. And she's done more work than 95% but of it's actors all, out there. I, I, oh, ni- 99%. Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. But it's and she, all- like, I, she also, my favorite Brooke Delman quote is, I would do anything to get out of this business. And I said, anything but quit. <laughs> anything but quit. Right. I'll do anything but yeah. quit. I'm like, it's right there in front of you. The door is right there. Yeah, like what, what do you want to... You want to get out of the... What do you want to get out... When you say that, when you want to get out of this business? Yeah, what do you mean? I... It's just... Because... Here's the thing. Here is the thing. The only reason I work, and the only reason I work, I'm telling you, is because my friends hire me. I do not have auditions. Were you hired from... What about Wrecked? You did three seasons of Wrecked. Right, but that's... My friend is the casting director. Yeah, but your friend didn't get you the job. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. Yes, she did because she. Why said, does she bring you in? Because you're bad. No, she thinks but I'm you're terrible. I do not so know annoying. any casting directors except the one. I do not know any. I mean, the only reason I work on Bob's Burgers, Great North, and Central Park is because you're good. My friends, you're very talented. Yeah, work on the shows. Also, it's like I don't have a career. I'm on three. Animated Three shows. animated series. Right, but it's not, she's but, about to go to Broadway. But in that's the fall, because my friend wrote the book and, and wrote a part for you because you're reading, talented. And I did the reading, and then they were just, oh, let's keep her. And it's just, I don't. There's, I, I mean, that is how Broadway works. When they're stuck with somebody, they're just like, gotta right. keep them. Yeah, well, I've been fired from jobs when they're like, this person isn't good enough, or we don't like her for this. Oh, role. I've been fired too. I'm just saying, you have to stop. People are going to, someone's going to murder you after this podcast becomes oh, no, a big I, hit. Someone's going to take you out. And it's it's going to be Missy Pyle. And then the podcast is going to be a true crime podcast it hits about me on the, the murder of Brooke Dillman. The head with the Topo Chico. <laughs> but the, but the, what I'm saying is that I don't think people will want to murder me because I'm saying that it has nothing to do with your talent. It has nothing to do with your hard work. It has to do with That's who you That's why they you know. give you 27 roles on on Bob's Burgers because you're not talented. Well, I, I, during, like during the pandemic, I think I had a microphone. I they know sent me a the microphone, same people. And I was the only person that had a microphone I'm in my friends closet. with so. the same people. <laughs> I have done Right, but they know one, you're busy all the time. You're in Vietnam. You're in Canada. They you're asked like, me to do, I've done two episodes of Great North. They, they asked me to do that. I just, you're just, you're you're so ridiculous. I'm not ridiculous. It's, hey, it's Brooke, real quick. Because yes, uh, yes. my husband uh, loves Bob's Burgers. Can you give me a sample of some of your characters from that? Well, that's the other thing is that they really just want my actual voice. So it's just a, you know, a variation of my voice. Oh, okay. Um, but for for I, all the characters? <laughs> just about. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So you've got yeah. a great multi-character voiceover gig where you don't actually have to change your voice. Yeah, really yeah, it's just it's more just the what how, what the character is. But that's how they like to work or like me to work maybe you know i mean but there are other things i three seasons of wrecked and she played karen this 
Karen Cushman. She was uh, short to Bing. A Bing. Yeah, the search engine Bing, and she was devoted to the search engine. Bing. But she was very aggressive. Yeah, and the season is it season two I was or season three? In many ways, sexually. And- mm-hmm. She does a topless fight scene. Yeah, the topless. Oh. Fight. Was it season two or it three? It was hilarious. That was that was season one. Season one. Yeah. And then I believe the season two poster is you in the center with the like, killing, killing a wild, a wild boar. boar. Yeah, because yeah. she got the food for everyone. She was, um, she was not a pleasant person to be around, but they had to keep her around because she got the food for everybody. Yeah. When people don't like people or don't think they're talented, they write them off. They don't bring them back for season two. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm like, I can do the job competently once I get it. But I'm saying the reason I'm getting these jobs is not, you know, the traditional way. I think I think today there isn't a traditional way anymore. There isn't. I think Chris is absolutely right. right. Okay. And just conversely, though, like when we were talking about social media, I refuse to be on social media Um and and when I have done it, it's not as myself. And so the one I'm doing right now on Instagram is I, I read real reviews. It's called the Real Review Real Review Review, and I read reviews that I find on Amazon or whatever as a character. I've done over 300 videos. I have I have more videos than followers. No one cares. No one cares. And I did it just to prove that no one cares. And I proved my point. It is not getting me any. I mean, no one cares. Well, I will say that you are non-traditional in your way of what would I do to get more views? Oh, maybe I could have someone on who could also, you know, like you don't bring anybody else That's on. That's why we have Brooke Delman on That's the right. show today. This is bringing in the numbers. Bring in bring those in, 400 this is bringing in followers. The old Dillman bump. You're getting it. <laughs> Brooke and I, after we did the Wayne Brady show, we became friends and we, we have been working on for many, many years um, a two-person uh, show. We did a, we have a, um, a group called, a, an evangelical group called the Tumbleweeds. Yeah, we wear uh, sparkly jackets and giant wigs. Very large and, and wigs. And sing for the Lord. And we sing for the Lord. Mm. And we are sisters. Yeah, we are, I am the oldest. I'm the youngest. And there's a set of septuplets in between us. That's right. And um, we have the same Mother. mother. But a very funny story. Yeah, both of our fathers died in childbirth. Yes. <laughs> so that's our bit. We've and we've been doing this bit for years, years, years and years. And, and years. half the time, Missy can't remember which character she is. And I, mean, I just like, can't remember the it's name. The only it's how we introduce ourselves. And the whole. But they're episode. Andy and Danny. Andy and Danny. And I still don't remember. I think I'm Danny. You are Danny. You yeah. got it right. Buddy. Well, this is great because we'll, so when this podcast blows up. And, yes. uh-huh. and we're going to do like a live show. We can have the Tumbleweeds open. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Tumbleweeds. I actually did a one-person show about nine or ten years ago, and the Tumbleweeds the Tumbleweeds would open. I did like a, a one-woman show, and then I would op- had the Tumbleweeds open for me. On a gay cruise. On a gay cruise. Yeah. Anyway, so one of the reasons I wanted to do – well, we wanted to do this podcast to talk about acting, but I was also wanted to talk about like what you do when when it's not working. Like, how do you when you're failing at it? What do you end up doing? And- yeah, because I I think people underestimate like literally even a successful actor, like 
45 out of 52 weeks in a year, you're not doing that much. <laughs> right. You're failing. You're, you're not unemployed for so much of the time. Yeah, 90%. I mean, 95% yeah. of your auditions are are failures. Yeah. Or, anywhere from like 50 to 92. <laughs> 50 is insane. Imagine 50 would be an amazing batting average. If you average. were an accountant, okay, mm-hmm. and you went to 150 job interviews and didn't get yeah. them. You know, I mean, it would be like... You'd be you'd want to jump off a bridge and kill yourself, and that's our every. Or if you were a professional baseball player and your batting average was like one (laughs) hundred or something, like right, yeah, (laughs) even less, even less, yeah. It was just like you got a hit every forty (laughs) three games. They're just like got one hit, yeah. But then you were still the top five percent. Yes, that's what's weird. It's like you're constantly even getting in the room for it. Um, but I do feel like things have changed quite a bit. And um, but Brooke is someone that I do think is funny because you you heard it yourself. Like she doesn't believe that she has a career. No, it's just a, I just accidentally get a job every once in a while, literally. And it's it's frustrating because I think so many people would be over the moon with the amount of right. success you've but had. Here's the thing: I'm not ungrateful. I know what I have gotten is awesome and wonderful and all that i'm just saying that i i didn't it's not because i did anything for it in fact i i do the least possible i have the last time i call we have the same manager and the last time i called my manager was i don't even think in a year i've talked to mel on the phone i don't it's just like because I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go do this because someone asked me. And she's like, okay. You know, and it's just like, it, I have, there's no strategy for my Well, career. so it sounds, so it kind of sounds like this is an expression. This, this, viewing it this way is kind of your expression of like, that you, of dealing with like, that you don't have control over this stuff. I think that's what I think. I think the only way that you, you, you push it away. And, and that's what I think is, and we kind of, when we were talking to Janie had Ed Tompkins, we were talking about her, to her, I was saying to Chris, um, that for me, one of the things that I've realized is how much I love acting. And I've had to be like, I hate this because it's almost like a, you're an, it's an abusive lover who doesn't love me back. So I'm like, well, I don't love you either. But I think with you, it's similar, like, because it's like, it's a little heartbreaking to anyone who does it, because it is the competition of it is is so unbelievably difficult, and so unbelievably unfair, and based on things that would break your but, heart. Okay, so think of, think of what's said to your face. Exactly, in the room. exactly. And then I can't even imagine what is said in it. I mean, I literally had someone, this happened to me in an audition. I uh, was doing the audition. Well, first of all, this is how the audition started. The, the, um, the part was the person was uh, talking really loudly in the hallway. And, and someone, after they're talking for a while, pops out of an office, opens the door and goes, you've got to be quiet. Okay, this is the set. And there are exclamations all over the place, exclamation points. And I really respect the exclamation point, I'm going to tell you. She respects the, yeah. So I, this is the Stage first, directions. so I go, now I, and I started out loud and, and the casting director's like, stop, stop. And I was like, what? And she's like, you're being, that's too loud. That's just ridiculously <laughs> loud. And I was like, but 
they they have to hear me through a door and I, I'm like and I'm like okay so I was like all right whatever so then I start the scene and literally like two sentences in her phone rings she answers it while I and I'm just continuing my audition she talks on the phone until my audition is over I stop talking and the person reading with me, we're just sitting there. She keeps talking on the phone, finally hangs up. And this is what she says when she hangs up. She's like, I do not know who that was. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and it was like, you're just like, it's so preposterous what she just did. How rude and obnoxious and dumb. And so I, um, I was like, "Uh, anything else? And she's like, no, thank you. And, And I literally, I left that audition and I could not stop laughing. I was laughing sorry. I'm like, it is the most insane thing. So, you know, you're like, that happened right in front of me. I can't even imagine what's happening behind her back. I, I've only done this a couple times, but I, I and I don't think they're in vogue as much anymore, but I hate when I came out here and did these pre-reads where you go into an office and you read with a casting person, but they're not recording it. They're the one reading with you. And theoretically, they're evaluating you as well while they're reading the sides with you or whatever. So you're just in an office. Nothing's being taped or sent to anyone else. <clears throat> and I, I just thought that that's happened a couple of times where I'm like, you're not even looking at me. <laughs> like, No, no, it's just uh, they're doing a favor for your agent. And then uh-huh. it's it, it just like it's yeah, it's like, why waste my time? I auditioned for a, a very prominent uh, show that's doing well. Uh, and, uh, in the audition, I read with the casting director's assistant, this was not recorded while the casting director worked on his Excel spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I should have just started helping him with the spreadsheets. (laughs) One of my favorite May I help you over there with your... That's amazing. Yeah. Can I help you with those? You know what? This is like, uh, our makeup teacher at the North Carolina School of the Arts who uh, told me that I should consider having a surgery on my eyes before I get <laughs> nope, interacted. Nope, 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 She said... Oh, my God. Cause she I said, told you that. Because she said, because you're going to have to open your eyes real big, and you don't want to always look surprised as a character. <gasps> oh! <laughs> Was she the, are you the first um, Asian person she's ever seen? I, I'm one of the first Asian people that wanted to be an actor that they knew. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I think that's very true. I mean, this is not. Really? Like, you could count on ten or three hands how many, like, people that look like me have been actors before uh, on a regular <laughs> basis, you know? No, it's. it's that bodes it well for you, I feel like. I think you're going to be, you're going to out, out by. In, I give you like seven months to just fucking skyrocket your IMDb. Mostly because of this podcast. Well, this is I because this is what I always people. I've heard this a fair amount, especially I'd say in the last five years or so when um, from from white dudes that are like, oh, man, I just can't get in the room anymore. They're only looking mm. for this or that. Right. I would much rather compete for a hundred roles a year against 10,000 actors then compete for like 15 roles a year against 50 actors. Because like, I think I can 
do better than like I'm I'm comfortable competing against everybody for these roles, right? So I'd rather just have their more opportunity to like be to be seen for like a lot of stuff. So yes, back especially when I was starting, I might go to a commercial audition where they asked for an Asian actor, and there we would see the same five guys over and over in New York City, but like. Book of Mormon came through New York City, uh, came through the New York comedy world. And everybody at UCB and the pit in New York City, every single guy under 35 was asked to audition for Book of Mormon. And some of those guys that I know, like, got into it, right? And, like, I was never asked to be in that show because they were never going to have, like, a Chinese guy be one of the two, be, like, in the Josh Gad part, right? Even though, like, I could have been really good in that part, and and like, I did. See, I ended up seeing that show, and it was like, there's a joke that the guy makes about uh, there's an Asian kind of joke in it that's like, well, I don't know if you could really make that joke if that's a Chinese actor or whatever. But I'm like, I could figure out how to make that work, you know. Um, but I remember at the time they were literally going through every single dude at UCB to like, please come in and audition for the show. So I would rather be in the running for that. But don't you think like, I just feel like now that is, is it, changing. I mean, right. what, what I would say is that to a point. what I would say is that, um, I think it's changing more for three through 12 on the call sheet. Yes. Um, well, uh, yeah. I would say generally it's still very often one and two are white people. And there's still, with that. yeah, there's still lots of shows now, like I, I'll shows that I love. I love The Gilded Age. I love Mrs. Maisel. Um, like, I love. I liked Yellow Jackets. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I've seen shows where it's like it's still a lot of white people. Like, I mean, it's it, you'll still see a, a whole episode and it'll be like this is like six white people and there's some people of color that are sort of like side stories, um, and. You know, I think that it's a very, um, you have to be vigilant about Because I think some people, sometimes people don't realize, like, oh, you're kind of just using, uh, like, uh, there's a show on HBO last year that it really upset me. I w- won't name what it is, but it was basically a show that was about white privilege and about how wealthy white people um, sort of use the lives of, like, people of color around them to help them live better lives, except in the casting and storytelling of the show, they were doing the exact same thing. So like the actors in that show that were like, you know, Asian or black or whatever, their storylines basically like served the storylines. It was a really weird, not, not self-aware thing. I was like, you have made this show about this topic, but you are exhibiting in the construction of the show the thing you're talking about. That's fascinating. Well, well, like like this past weekend, I saw Slave Play wow. at okay. Center Theater, what did you think? At the Mark Taper Forum. Okay. I, I liked it a lot. Um, but while I was watching Slave Play, Slave Play has eight characters, and I would say... Uh, actually, probably almost all eight characters have to be cast in a certain way, specifically racially, because there's stuff in the dialogue, right. literally about mm-hmm. like the way that they look. Um, and I think that's, I, I think that's great. Like, I think that's really specific writing about. Uh, and also, I like, it, I love the. I always like theater when it feels like it's been not that it was workshopped with these actors, but I like the idea when it feels like wow, like 
only these people could be doing this script, you know. I, like I think slave play is going to be a really hard play for future companies to do because you literally have to have like one of the characters has to like look a certain like shade because there's like stuff about how he looks mm. compared to other black mm-hmm. people being darker than him. There's another there's a a character that is presumably white who isn't really white, but like, and it, and he has a huge monologue about it. So he kind of has to look like white, but maybe he's something else. Um, I will say though, you know, watching, I would watch the Lehman brothers trilogy again this weekend, which Brooke saw. And I don't know if you know that play. And, and we also, I have tickets on the seventh. Okay. So one of our friends is, and in. also I want you to get one of their actors as a guest on the show. We could probably get Adam at some point if he ever stops acting. The one thing I was going to say about Lehman Brothers, and you also saw this week... The at- Le- Lehman Trilogy. <laughs> the Lehman Trilogy. Le- Lehman Brothers is like a um, stockbroker. That's what it's about, That's though. That's what it's about. Oh, I know. I, okay, but you were calling oh, it... Well, the, the show is about the Lehman Brothers. I mean, they, they're the three actors, and they play a plethora of characters. And they talk about... They, they talk they, they often in third person, and then, then they talk about what they physically look like. Mm-hmm. And it's always like he was, a you know, with pale mint white beard white hair you know and it, it's it's fascinating because you just you immediately like you just sort of you hear it and then you just believe it yeah they become that yeah and then you and i also both saw um a little night music that my sister was in and that has two two of the main characters are trans and there's i feel like that that one is very sort of bending around what physically people are supposed to um you know wh- what they're or physically or gender wise, they're supposed to be, especially in the turn of the century. It would there would never be a trans character in those roles in turn of the turn of the century, but um, last century. But it's it's there's something about it that feels to me like, especially if someone's talking about what they look like, if they don't look like it, it's almost like I, I I'm I'm okay with it. I kind of like it. I think people are more okay with that in theater than on camera. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see can't... where that leads us on camera because they're the, the casting cult the call sheets, the casting lists are now saying um, someone to play a woman. They're well, saying, yes. is it, what, well, what's it the says wording? Can play can female, play female yeah. or can play male, which to me is like, you know, why can't I audition then for the husband? Because it's it's saying can play it's not saying you're a certain you know i i don't understand like if they say that in the breakdown like why we're even anymore it's like just if i feel i'm right for this part let me do it there you go I don't know. why are you and yelling I- why are you yelling at me actually i think that's fine i it seems i think a lot of times it just boils down to which is why i guess we have casting directors in the first place which is like they just don't have time to see every single person that wants to audition i mean w- would you I, that that seems to be like a major part of a casting director's job is to like provide provide some curation of like hey I've watched f- 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 you know I don't know a hundred people and now right here's- but if the casting director shows a video of me playing a man uh, and they go ah, let's see her you know I mean I don't it's just yeah I mean doesn't that that it seems like that's just a matter of convincing. I think you have to go about convincing the casting director. And since Julie Ashton loves you, why don't you just tell her you'd like to play a man and have her convince? You know, I think you have to be more proactive about it. Well, one of the the things that I think is funny about you is you're always like, "Well, 
And do you mind me saying a personal story about what she was just like, I feel like, why doesn't Mel look at my star manager, look at my, all these characters I'm playing and like send it over to Saturday Night Live. And I was like, you have to do that. Like you have to be like, hey Mel, I'm going to put these four together and I want, can you please send them over? It's like you, nobody comes to to you. You have to, like that's the one thing I've learned. It's very true. I'm my own worst. I think that's somewhat true except for the people where they did go to them. (laughs) Yes, but it's, but we all know those people because they're extremely famous and they're, they are the exception, not the rule. I mean, it is, people have worked, people work so diligent and hard to get most most people do who are in that level and especially to, to remain at that level i think you have to work a lot harder than oh yeah than it seems like i'm not i am absolutely will admit i don't try at all are you saying brooke's lazy is that what you're saying missy i don't think brooke is lazy i think brooke I have a is hard angry time i'm angry <laughs> I have she's extremely <laughs> angry she feels like she has not i feel like you've almost feel like why aren't why won't you why aren't they seeing me i feel like you're you're angry no it's not this it's is an just, intervention by the way this whole podcast this is, a, this is actually just missy life coaching you <laughs> no but i will i know I which will is part say, of our relationship i am not proactive but i would say that's like when you talk about us too about all our great ideas and we've been you know 20 years been talking about these ideas mm. and today we're gonna we've decided well, we, to sit no, down we, and write. we did it last week too okay but so you guys you've been working hard for two weeks almost eight days i know right so right. like yeah and i take exception with saying like why won't they see me i don't say that i'm just like well brooke what something you said was like if you feel you're right for the part i think one thing that's complicated about that is most of the time you look at these breakdowns and you're like I don't know, I guess I'm right for this character that's like wry, but funny, like sad, but optimistic or whatever. And it's not like you know enough about the character to be like, I'm perfect for this part. It's just, and you know that organically so many of these characters end up just being like, well, we just wanted to use our friend. And like, we, like I auditioned for a thing where um, they were like, uh, this character is like a, uh, think Sam Richardson. And I was like, why don't you just get Sam Richardson then? Right, yeah, that's uh, that. half the time it's that, too. There go. Well, the, but the, anyway, this is what I mean. It's like, it's hard to, like, sometimes it's hard to advocate for yourself in terms of, like, I am perfect for this role because they're so generic. I will say, also, oh, sorry, yeah. uh, not to interrupt, uh, did you say this? That there was recently a play in New York City off-Broadway that I auditioned for. I think I told Missy this already, where it was, like, literally the character description was a description of, like, me and my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't get that. And then I auditioned for a, a, a pilot like two weeks ago where the character was like late thirties, Chinese guy, stuff. And then I had that feeling when on deadline, they like, here's who got cast in the role. And I had that feeling of like, why did he get it? Like, I didn't even get a callback. And then I was like, well, it's because he's a lot younger than me or whatever. And then I looked at him. He's like two years younger than me or something. Like the, every yeah. rational thing in my mind that was like, oh, this is why he got it instead of this me. This would explain it. Yeah, they were all wrong. <laughs> I will say that that was a case where that was a specifically Chinese role. It was cast with a Filipino actor, which, you know, I'm, I guess I'm fine with. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about that? Because I, I got to be honest, like, I feel like 
if you, I mean, if you if you close the pool like that, then it's like you can't audition for a Philippine. Yes, I mean, yes. you can't audition for. It, it, to me, it feels a little like great. Kind of, it gets it gets too microcosmic, and then you're going to be stuck again, only doing like five auditions a year or whatever. I don't yeah, know, yeah, maybe. yeah. So this is what this uh, my feeling about that is. I'm not going to be super straight about it because I I don't think white actors are generally like this is a Scottish American character and only people that are scottish american can like audition for this uh, i mean the australian thing is kind of ridiculous too it's like oh, australians are playing americans well i think i mean this is a separate topic but like uh but, but i think uh, i post this on twitter but like my secret superpower is i can tell when someone's not american and i can often guess what country they're from Based on their, wow, on their that is a great secret. Because so that happened on uh, Breaking Bad. That happened on Gilded Age. There's a lot of shows where I'm like, that person's not American. I bet they're from like Ireland or something. And I'm, mm. I'm like, I get it. And I think what that is is, is that you have people that build careers in other countries. They are proven that they can work on camera. Often they're like formally trained, classically trained, um, and they are cheap. Because they're all dying to work here, so I I assume you can cut pretty good deals with them with a person that's been like the lead of a show on BBC, uh, and then they show up here and they're like, oh, they're great, you know. Right. Well, that's what I've always said about Canada is that the the roles that I would be up for, which is you know fifth, sixth banana, they make them cast a canadian yeah. and so these canadians oh. get these great rate they get these great resumes built up and then they come here because they have a ton of shows that they've done and it's like but wait i you know we weren't allowed i mean literally the canadian union will not uh, let you hire uh, an american actor at, a, at, at in the certain level of parts they'll let the leads be american but they will not yeah well brooke uh i w- first of all Thank you so much for coming. I, I'm not trying to wrap it up right now, but I but I want to ask. I you, do think we need to wrap it up relatively soon because we have to write something before we pick up Zoe from school. Um, how do you feel now that Missy has life coached you? Do you feel better about your acting career? Do you have a new? No, I can answer that for I her. Just I will let you know. Just when you said acting career, I. I it gave me the shivers because I'm like I don't I don't. It's like to say that I feel like I sound you know. Like, you're I, pissing off so many people, though. I'm not, with your though, inability just, to I admit not, that you're again, an actor. I am so thankful and grateful for the work I have had, and the you know. But it is I. I think this might help people. Yes, because you're you're humbling because, yourself to the the mysteries of the whole. It's not. I think you. I think you. But I think what you have to remember is. Well, I think you're basically saying like, I've given up. Well, so I have. if somebody just wants to call me, I'll do it. Life, though, I mean, and it's just like, like everything I've. Given but you've up been on. given up since you've given up. You've been you have been out of the game, given up for as long as I've known you. So, but you right, keep working. Right. So I guess but again, I say it's an accident. Like I mean, literally, Broadway dropped into my lap. Oh, I mean, wait, wait, what just, is the, what is the Broadway show you're doing, by the way? It's called Once Upon a One More Time, and it's a twist on a fairy tale uh, set to the Britney Spears songbook. Oh. It's yeah. a jukebox Britney Spears yeah, musical. And like what stage of what stage is it in right now? Um, we just did our out of town in Washington, D.C. in December and January, and the next stage is Broadway. And do you, what, are you singing some Britney songs in this? 
Well, that's the that, and again, it's like this is like my dream is that I don't sing any solos. I get to be in the you know my character doesn't. Mm-hmm. She plays. Tell him who you play. I play the fairy godmother. Nice. And, and then have you got some like fun little like uh, like you maybe you don't sing a solo, but you got like a funny punchline at the end of a verse or something like that. Well, I do. There is I rap. She has a rap. I have a rap oh, nice. number where I rap a little bit to the princesses. And uh, is this the Broadway debut? Oh yeah, it'll be. I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, I I have a theater this is also, degree. This is the only. I'm sure she's going to say this is the only time I'm ever going to be on Broadway. It is. It is. When when would I when else? All right, well thank you for coming, Brooke. Oh, it's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Um and so we can see you and how do we find you on on social media? Well, what's the yeah, what's that reviews thing you want us to watch? It's called the Real Review Review. And what's your handle? That's it. At the Real Review At the Review. Real Review on Review. on Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace. This show is a production of Invisible Treats, and today's episode was edited by Eric Michaud. The intro music is Happy Guitars by Ilya Truhanov, with vocals by Chris Grace. And the outro music is Cabana by Peter Spacey, both courtesy of Artlist.io. You can reach us on email at freelancepretend at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.